going on with you? What do you mean? You're a quiet mouse lately. Quiet mouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You just sound more relaxed like this. This is how you sound. Uh, and there are other times where you're like, ba 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 you know, and you're silly. <laughs> just not in the mood for it. The serotonin level's running low. An indication that Greg is not well. <laughs> Could you, you sounded so much like a robot. There was, <laughs> serotonin is running low. Well, it, it, was a Mr. <laughs> it was a Mr. Dan song called Serotonin. It was a robot. It was a computer singing it. Serotonin oh. levels running low. An indication that doctor's not well. It was a future Plex song. On 99X. Oh, I heard it. Mood enhancing chemicals seem very low. It's a good song, right? Very catchy. Who is it? Mr. Dan, musical Who's random, Mr. Dan? musical randomization data algorithmic network. It was the uh, first computer to ever write oh, and perform music yeah. on the Futureplex. Played this on on this was part of your segment or was it a song on the radio? No, that was part of the segment. My friends okay. wrote the music, I wrote the story, and that's in essence what got me kicked off ninety nine X. I think because they told me to stop doing it, and I said no, I will never. What stop. did you say when they told you to stop? Did you say I won't stop, or did uh, you say like oh yeah, and then you just kept doing it? There was when Cumulus came in, so they had power over Leslie. Leslie Fram usually supported me with things, mm-hmm. but. You know, they didn't like it. And I, I remember calling Leslie and explaining why I believed in it and why I was going to continue to do it. And she still fought for me. Good. Yeah. And then that's when the meeting happened. You're just being too creative. We're making a change. <laughs> like, okay, great. Yeah. I mean, at that point in your, like the age that you were, it makes sense that you wouldn't stop. I don't think I'd, I'd stop know. today. It's nothing offensive about it. But there are certain positions that you're in as an adult where you might not have the flexibility to just like, fuck it, I'm not going to stop and I'm going to get fired, but I don't care. You know? Yeah. You'd have to keep going. I'd still, at this point, get you fired. you still do it. Hey, who else is going to suffer from it? Me. Yeah. That's it. Always falling short with his innovations, such as 2M and Preparation G. Dr. Crocker lived a miserable life. He was divorced. He possessed no social skills. And his best friend was Mr. Dan a computer that he programmed to help him with his fledgling experiments. Now over time, Mr. Dan became aware and made it his sole purpose to keep Dr. Crocker happy, forever indebted to the doc for creating him. Mr. Dan showed his affection mainly through songs written for the doctor, and in this process, (laughs) inadvertently became the first computer to solely write music on its own accord. This is important because this set the groundwork for the future of computer music. 
jumped to November 21st, 2015. Dr. Crocker's only child, the beautiful and lovely Annie Crocker, is getting married. Outside of Mr. Dan, Annie is the only other being that Dr. Crocker has any love for, and Annie returns this love wholeheartedly as she has picked up on the good in her father, while all anyone else can see when they look at him is a hollow shell of a man with poor personal hygiene habits. He really was an emotional wreck, and Mr. Dan, wanting to keep Dr. Crocker happy, of course, decides to do something special on this wedding day. He writes a song so convoluted. dedicated to Annie, knowing how much Annie means. I mean, it's a real story. Mm-hmm. And with the power of time travel I have been blessed with, I now hold in my hand a copy of that. It's just, <laughs> I get it. Trying to do this on radio, it's a lot. Like, it's throwing a lot of shit out there. <laughs> it is a long segment, too. But it, it's, uh, you know, I got to set up the story, and I think the story makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's happening once a week, and if someone does tune in in the middle, like, what? What is this? Very beautiful song that stole the hearts of everyone attending the wedding ceremony that evening. This is... <laughs> There's poor grammar in this. I don't know what love is, but I'm going to try, and it should be I'm going to try, too. Whatever. Oh. Mr. Dan, with I'm not exactly sure what love is, but I'm going to try and explain it anyway. It's the future plex on 99X. Doctor, this is a song for Annie's wedding. Happy love, Annie. Love. an idea to have a concert and just put a computer on stage and have it flash <laughs> and play the music. I never did it. So who made the music? Uh, my friend Lee, who's now in the yeah. band Algiers. Yeah, I liked it. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. And this week is your week, Greg. Yeah, it falls to me this week's topic. And maybe we're going we're going deep again sometimes we stay lighthearted and surface level with our topics but there have been some discussions this week leading Mm -hmm. up to uh me settling on today's topic because it got me thinking and that's just going to be needs and interpersonal relationships in life the needs that people have right the reason i bring this up is because i like to think i don't have any there is zero needs when it comes to me I'm a right. machine. I really am. I like to think that I'm a machine. That if there was a goal in life, it would to be a machine. And anything that proves otherwise proves I'm an animal. Breathing, sex, eating, going to the bathroom. I hate it. I hate it. And needing things just reminds me that I'm an animal. Therefore, I have no needs. Though that's not true. Right. And I do not feel that way at all. I feel like I have many needs. And I have no problem communicating those things. Those needs. No, none at all. It's just easy for you. Your whole life, you've just told people what you need. 
Well, it's not easy. I do feel sometimes, I don't know, not embarrassed, but I don't know, apprehensive about communicating the need because maybe the need is uh, superficial or mm, I maybe I feel like the person who I'm telling it to is not going to think of it as a need and is going to think that I'm, maybe they'll just think that I'm weak for it, but you're needy. Yeah, or needy. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm needy, but I do have needs. And I feel like there's a lot of things that happen that are negative uh, between people. And a lot of it has to do with communication. And they don't tell either or not. They're not clearly. Maybe they don't even know it themselves, but they're just not communicating what they need. Well, there are certainly ends of the spectrum, like anything else. And neediness can be a right. thing if you're putting too much on one person to, you know, solve whatever problems you're facing. And I don't even want to use the term problems, but maybe for fulfillment. Uh, Issue. Yeah. In general, I do wonder how many people effectively communicate the things they need. And this isn't just romantic relationships. This can be friendships or any kind of um, relationship you have, even at work, which I know a lot of times the work one is a strange uh, because you're hired to do a job. And if you don't like the job, then you can leave. Like I, I do believe that to be part of it. But within that, you do, you should have some range to express what you're feeling. And we can get into all that. But just in general, I don't know if people actually go around expressing their needs because I feel like it has been set up by society that many negative connotations, like you said, maybe a weakness, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous, neediness, which can be a real thing if it gets too extreme, but just because you tell someone you need something doesn't mean you are needy, but people are quick to jump and say, oh, oh, that person's so needy. I don't want to deal with that right now. So I'm just, in general, I'm thinking back on relationships I've had, and I think I, I surely have dismissed people if they've expressed something that they need, and it's mostly... If, even if I accused them of being needy, it's mostly because of the fact I didn't want to deal with it because it felt like it was encroaching onto my personal space. And that was just born out of this idea that well, I don't have needs. I don't ask anything of you. How dare you ask something of me? Which is all the whole thing is bullshit. Of course can, I have needs. Do you have, can you pinpoint anything that's happened in the past, like with relationships where it has turned you off and you're like, I can't fulfill that need because I don't have needs and you shouldn't either. I mean, I think that's just generally what now we're going to get into romantic relationships. Sure. Well, that's the easiest one. Well, that's the one that requires the most work and right. you putting forth an effort for the other person. Friendships I'm great at because the needs I can deliver on the needs. And if I need something, which I don't feel like I ask really ever, but I'm getting better about that. But it's not constant. It's not always there. Right. So, I, I yeah, romantic relationships ultimately run a course where at first, when you're really into it, it's easy. It's like everyone's just in the whirlwind and things are good. And then I settle down and I don't express that I need anything. And this just builds up over time that the other person's becoming frustrated because their needs aren't being met. And I'm becoming frustrated because my needs aren't being met, even though I'm not expressing that I have any. And it gets to the point where both people are just kind of tired with one another. So what kind of needs do you need? I still don't know. I have no okay. clue. I, I, so I th- what are you getting frustrated about? 
I, well, I'm just starting to try to figure out what I need to get in relationships. And, uh, I think, I don't know why it's so difficult. I have this, I have this, these ideals that I try to live by, which a big one is modesty. Another one's independence. And when I ask for things, it goes against these. I, you know, one of the reasons I think I live in New York is because you have to live modestly here. I live right. in a small apartment. I don't care. Like, I enjoy it. I don't want a big house. I don't want more than this. Um, I mean, maybe a little more space would be nice. But um, that somewhere along the line became an ideal of mine. It's like, that's the kind of person I want to be. A person who doesn't need much, who can live modestly. And that's tied into other things, too. I do think that there is a gross excess of material goods that people get into and strive for. And it's just a complete opposite reaction to that trying to prove that I don't need any of that. So I'm going to go as minimal as possible. And I also don't like to impose on other people. I do not want to be a burden on another person. So I don't understand how any of those things have to do with a romantic relationship. So because I want to try to live by those ideals, Mm -hmm. I don't ask for things because asking for something goes against the modesty and it goes against this idea that I don't want to put a burden on other people. And what would you ask from someone? That's what I don't know. Okay. Obviously, there are things I have <laughs> you don't no, know what it is. I've I've cemented myself into this position so much that I know that things aren't being met and I'm not comfortable, but I don't know what I would actually ask for. Okay. Other than maybe setting it up from the get-go. Hey, if this thing continues, let's have separate apartments and we can still be married. Like that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. And I don't even know if I really want that because if something is healthy and all this is being met through the process, maybe I won't need as much space. But ultimately what boils down to is like, I just want space. So I'm going to push you away. I know it's confusing. I know I'm making no sense doing a show on needs when I still cannot pinpoint anything that I actually need. Yeah. This is the I- problem. Yeah. So is that a goal for you to like figure out what you need in a relationship, not based on how anybody else reacts to those needs, but just baseline, like it could start with super selfish. Like I want to be left alone when I want to be left alone. I don't want to have to give anything when I, you know what I mean? Like just superficial, selfish baseline needs. And then maybe from there you can build on something where it's like, okay, I can't, as long as these things are being done for me, like I get some independence, then I can give when I don't want to be giving because I am getting when somebody else doesn't want to be giving. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I I think another element of it is when I, the problem, it always reverts back to me needing some space. But let's say I have plans with someone, we want to go out. And then I don't really want to go out or even outside of that. I hung out with my dad, for example, you know, for a week. We had a trip to Florida and there was one night I just was tired and I wanted to go to bed. But in my mind, it's like, oh, I, I, I need to go to sleep. But, you know, this is something that means something to him and it means something to me. And maybe I need to be a certain way at this point to address the things that I think he need. All I, my dad's pretty easygoing. All I would yeah. have had to say is like, I'm tired. He said, okay, see you tomorrow. And that's ultimately what happened after like 45 minutes of turmoil in my head. It's like, if I ask for this and it's going to make him feel bad, I don't, I don't handle it well. 
either when I make someone feel bad, and there's always this idea that if I, there's plans and I have to cancel the plans, the person's going to feel bad, and I can't deal with that. So right. I just don't ask for the things I need in that moment to protect what I perceive to be what the other person needs. And then it becomes this whole thing where I'm assigning needs to them and I don't mm. even know. It's yeah. a mess. It's neurotic. It's overthought and it can become a real mess. Do you get mad at the other person for like, let's say you need something or you want something just like you want to go to bed. And in your mind, you play it out where they're upset that you're going to bed, but they're not telling you. And so now they're mad at you and they're not telling you. And so you're upset by that. And it's like, I'm getting mad at them for this in this fake conversation that we're having. And so now I'm now you're mad. That can happen. Because then all that's what I mean about sort of communication being the easiest way out. Like all you could have said was like, dad, do you mind if I go to bed? I know we're together and I want to be with you, but I'm so tired. And you're like, oh, yeah, go to bed. I wouldn't. Yeah, sure. I didn't even need to say that much. I could just say I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. But then it would quell what you were thinking. Like, I hope I'm not disappointing him. Yeah. And then he would reassure you to say, like, I'm not disappointed. Okay, cool. So there's there's a way to address a need, right? Just express the thing that I'm worried about. Express the thing that I'm worried about in the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you do that in friendship, right? Would you do that in in friendship? Yeah. I would do that in friendship. Why can't you do it? In other relationships. I, there's just less demand in friendship. And if the demand does come into play, it's uh, it just doesn't carry as much weight. I don't know. Because people have a lot of their life away from me. So. Yeah. But I feel like. I feel like a relationship. Like an intimate relationship is a lot like a friendship. Or at least it should be. But. You guys have sex too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like there's still a lot that you have to consider about the other person, but I guess it's just, yeah, there's more time together. And so you see more of the underbelly, darker side of the person. So what have you experienced? I mean, obviously you said that you express needs. I assume yeah. up front going into a relationship, maybe not the first date. No, but well, okay. I mean, I, I will. Okay. So I've had three big relations. Well, okay. No, three big relationships. My very first one, which was, you're just a kid. I don't know. What are you using to define big? Like years of dating? Not just years, but just like, um, meaningful. So I dated Tim. That was a year, but that wasn't like, we weren't going to get married or anything. You know, uh, that's Tim Andrews, Tim Andrews who, of the Von Hessler Doctrine and Radio Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. Who you we've known for a while. Yeah. Um, so us together. I mean, it was I, I considered it, but it wasn't like that wasn't going to happen. Like that was a relationship that lasted a year and it should have ended at like six months. But I was young and I didn't know how to know when something was ending. And we moved in together right away because I needed a place to live and it was exciting, whatever. So. There, there. So I, I don't feel like that one counts as like significant. Um, but yeah, my first boyfriend, uh, my my one in the middle, which I was with for five years, and we were like, I wanted to get married to this person, I wanted to have kids with them, but he couldn't meet me in the middle and like get married. He couldn't commit, commit. And then Travis. So 
with my very first relationship, I didn't know what I was doing. You're, I was, you know, I think I was 15 until I was 19. And then with the sec- with the second one that's important, I was much better at telling him what I needed. <clears throat> I told him that I want, I just let him know. Like, I want to be married and have kids around these ages. And that wasn't cool with him. Like, he didn't want to get married that soon. Not soon as in our relationship, but that young for him. He wanted to wait until he was older. And I was like, well, I don't know how that's going to work for me because I don't want that. I don't want to do that. And so the plan was that we were going to meet in the middle where I was going to get married later than I wanted and he was going to get married earlier than he wanted. But then when the rubber was going to meet the road and he was going to take me away from Georgia and like go start this whole new career that didn't make sense to me. And then, yeah, wanted me to to follow him from Georgia to Maine. I was like, no, I can't like we have to have you've got to we got to get married or something like there has to be more commitment than that. And he wouldn't do it. So that was it. Um, And within and then Travis, I told him right. Like he knew exactly. And by then it was like, I ain't messing around, motherfucker. Like I we I need to get not need to get married. But if this is a if you're not interested in getting married, then I'm not I'm not in for it. Like I can't because I'm a woman. And I do want to have kids. I know that. And there is a time limit on that kind of thing. And the, the longer you wait, the, the, the more difficult it is. It's not impossible, but just the more difficult it can be. And it can be difficult already. So anyway, all of those things were on my mind. <clears throat> it's I mean, difficult. these are big. Well, I was going to say that? it's difficult up front when you meet someone and you're really into them and you express these things. And if the things don't match, it is hard to say, all right, well, maybe we shouldn't do this. We just shouldn't do it for long term. Like we. Can I mean, if that's if you're out. looking for something long term and up front the other person's not, even though you really like them, you should say, "Well, let's not do this then." And that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, People especially should. if there's a lot of chemistry and. Well, there's always this idea maybe the other person will change or maybe it'll be okay with me to stay. Ultimately, all that crap is going to come back and catch up with you. Yeah. And. I don't even express stuff up front. I think that's the big problem. Like I don't even bring it up. So no one really knows. I think I do bring it up. But you wouldn't be able to. You said you don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think I bring up things about my personality in joking ways that then later on I can say, I told you so. Yeah. I told you I was a monster. Eh, I'm not really a monster. (laughs) I told you before that most people who date me afterwards say, I I don't dislike them. I wouldn't date them again, but I don't dislike them. (laughs) There's, There's nothing awful usually that comes from it. See, that's okay. So I'm talking about like bigger things, right? Like life plans, but small details. I'm really good at saying like when we moved into this house, because it is a bigger house, you know, we moved from apartment to like a townhome, which is, you know, a basement, the second slash first floor. And then this, you know, the upstairs and I couldn't handle, I still can't handle the housework. I'm like, this is too much. Like I'm drowning. First that of all, every, it's a lot. Yeah. And I do say this. I do. It doesn't always. Travis doesn't always change his way, but I do tell him like, I need more help from you. I'm not getting enough. You are doing a great job going out and making money and working your job. And then when you come home, you do tiny little things, but nothing significant enough to like help me with the house. Like I need help. And he's like, okay. And then for like two weeks, he does, you know, he pulls the trash without me asking or whatever. But then it just goes back to like me saying, will you please get the trash? 
it's those little things. When those things build up, I'm good about saying like, it's not like a sit down where I have to tell you how I feel about like Eric on the Von Hester doctor makes fun of me for saying like, it must be horrible to live with me. Cause I'm like, I feel like you don't help me. It's not that it's just like, listen, I'm feeling like I can't do this and I need your help. I need something from you. And Travis is good at hearing that and caring, but not always like giving it to me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, ultimately, yeah, we get caught up, even if you're paired up with someone, you know. Yeah, you like have, a roommate. You have your own shit going on in your life. So yeah. you can only do so much at any given time to help the other person. But if it's constantly just dismissed, or not even dismissed, but acknowledged, but then not acted upon, that can get to be old. Yeah. I mean, it's it really, I mean, those are sort of like roommate things. You know, you have to have a... I think you have to have a good foundation of needs being met so that these other little needs don't weigh as much, you know, like if I weren't getting anything from him and then also I would ask him to please take the trash or do the litter or sweep the floor and he wasn't doing that, then it would be like a big deal. And then we could get in an argument about it and he could say like, it's just sweeping the floor. Do you know what I mean? Like then it, he, then he can be thrown back on the person who actually needs things because they're not identifying that it's actually this like root cause of something that's not being met. All sounds so tiring. Yeah. <laughs> it does. This is one of the big things that I cannot reconcile. I don't know. Maybe I am just a person that ultimately will be better off alone, but then that sets up this whole fear about you know, being old and nobody else around and dying in my apartment and not being found for two weeks. And who cares at that point? Really? I guess I'm gone. And then my body being claimed by no one and buried on heart Island in a mass grave. Yeah. And then the city claims my personal effects to try to recoup some of the costs. It just seems like a sad way to go. But that, I mean, that's been a big point of discussions. Maybe you are actually just like this and that kind of stuff is not for you. And in my mind somewhere, it's like, no, no, no. No, no, I'm capable of this, and I could be very good at it. I know that I could. I just have to figure out how to get to the point where I can deliver on these things, and I have no clue how to get there. You know, I again, this, I know that you may not get the connection, but the modesty and the independence, which are ways that I view myself as needing to live, I think they're just replacements for actual needs, ultimately. It's like I've created these things that are character traits myself that I like and they're what's important at this point and I need to find a way to allow them to live and thrive and that usually just leads to me isolating or being avoidant or pushing a person away to get the space I need to fulfill modesty, independence. It's all bullshit ultimately is what it boils down to. They're just, it's just like a replacement. I put in a, a frame, a structure that holds up this image of a human being inside. It's empty on them. There's no furniture. There's no, <laughs> there are no rugs, no lighting. So what do, what does, what do people ask of you that bother you or that you're able to do? Everything. Like what in a, like in in a relationship? Like what does a girlfriend ask of you that either you can give or that you don't like to give? It's not. Is it like time? It like be, if they require time of you, then you are resentful. It, that can be one of the things which makes me then feel awful 
because what kind of monster doesn't want to give a person time? These things build on themselves. It's, it, it's, I don't know the full structure of it. I feel like it is me not asking for things, me resenting the fact that I'm not getting the things I need, even though I don't know the things that I need, me resenting the fact that the person dare ask me for something that I, they need when I'm not asking for anything in return, then me failing the person because I know they have needs and I care about their needs and I want to deliver on their needs. And then that makes me push away farther because it, it's, I don't, I care about you. And obviously I am not giving you what you need. And I don't know how to come to terms with any of this. So again, I, I don't know how to solve it. This is what I have been working on recently yeah. is untangling this ball of <laughs> neuroses i die it, it's going to come hopefully to some kind of understanding with myself and i'll learn how to navigate it but it's very difficult and it, i don't think it needs to be this difficult it just no is. it doesn't it just is i end up feeling not good about myself hmm. when, it, when it's all said and done because i just feel like i let a person down uh, despite understanding the flow, I've never figured out how to actually act within it. So I should just find a person again who's also on the same page as me. Yeah, we care about each other. We love about love each other, and we're just gonna, you know, keep our lives somewhat separate. But that's, I mean, that's totally legitimate. If two adults want to do that, but you have to tell the person up front, and that's usually going to lead to rejection. That's a whole other layer. Then it's like, all right, here's the thing that I want. Because it's abnormal. Yes. It doesn't yeah. fit in with what society says the relationship, romantic, or settling down domestic is supposed to be. It and just, then you can't assume. And th- then there's all other things like the kind of person that wants to do that might have some other weird <laughs> things about them. The reason why they want to isolate like that. Yeah. I, I think that if you lift the pressure, if you set it up that way. In my mind, at least, that goes like this. I'd end up spending more time with the person. Maybe we both right. were like, yeah, well, we're not really expecting any of these things. And now we're doing it because we want to do it, not because we feel like we have to do it. Well, the person you're with now, I mean, there has to be some understanding on her end about what you sort of need. You've been together for long enough where she must understand you. Yeah. That's... uh I don't know if it's a territory I want to get into. Okay. I'm supposed we don't to, have be, to do that. I mean, it's just some of these same difficulties are coming to light again. Um, and I think she's just frustrated with me and I can mm. understand why. And she's been and very, you, she's you been say very, you don't understand why? No, I can understand why okay. she's been very supportive and open and, and understanding with and trying to work with me. But at some point I got to, you know, give her more instead of two days a week. She asks for three days a week to hang out. I'm like, how, how dare you is it planned the days of the week are they planned yeah Uh, usually saturdays the other one's kind of floating (laughs) look i don't know how to move past this yeah there is a uh you know fear of rejection is a big part of it too but you know two two and a half years into relationship then you express the things i don't it's not really the time to do it but I mean, it's been going this way, so it doesn't need to even be expressed. I mean, this is how it's been. Yes. So it's not a surprise. No. 
unless sh- you've I been. I feel like I'm um, shutting down. Unless it, it's okay, it's all right. It makes, uh, unless you've been telling and like trying to pretend that it's not like that. No, I think that there's been this idea. It's kind of like this. I'm going to work our way through it, but then it's not really being. I, I've tried to work through it. Maybe it's just a slower process than I would like. Yeah. But it means hey, you got to live with this for a while and then I can't guarantee anything's going to come of it in the right. end. Right. And then she's like, what did I waste my time for? I'm, I'm very aware of that. I'm like, yeah, you're 28. You may want things and yeah. I don't want to be a waste of your time. Oh, that makes me nervous. I these like because I do care. Like I care. I can become very logical about this. It's like on paper. If you say, hey, there's things I want and I'm not going to get them with you. And things I need, and I'm going to leave. Like, okay, I understand why we would do that. Emotionally, right. it's sad. And the reason I think I'm shutting down when you're asking me about it is because I'm feeling somewhat sad. But, I, you know, I, I can't speak on where it's going at this point. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still something that's being hashed out. That's good. At least it's being something's being done. If it's not working, I say this a lot, or I think about this a lot. When things aren't working then something has, some work has to be done. When things are working, then it's working. You know, if it's working, then even it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, you know, other people might see it as, or it wouldn't work for me. So how is that working for you? It doesn't matter. If it's working for you, then it's working. And then that's great. As long as it's like not, not working for someone else. If two people are involved and it's both working for them, then whatever. Um, We can shift it over to me if you want. I don't, I don't mean to like, Definitely. Make you uncomfortable. No, shift it. Um, Why are you so stable? I'm not. I'm not. I I need um, to be seen and heard. <laughs> a lot. I'm uh, not a lot. Yeah, I but, can see that. I see that comes out on the other radio show when we do the live shows, and you know, you're hamming up on stage. You love it. Yeah, you love I do it. Lo- <laughs> That's different. That's not. I don't mean like seen. Like, look at me. It's more like. I need you to see the work I'm doing. Like if you come home, this is all like stupid housewife shit, but like if you come home and the house is straightened up and it's clean, I don't get this always, but I, I, I want you to notice and for you to tell me that you notice. You want to be acknowledged. Yeah. I want to be acknowledged and like seen for the work I'm doing, the silent work that goes on. I want someone to see that. And I also want to be heard. Like I want and a capital H heard. Like I want, I want you to listen to what I'm saying and understand where I might be coming from emotionally telling you something, you know, like, um, I'm not just trying to complain about Travis. He's wonderful. <laughs> but <laughs> when sometimes when I play him things that I make, you know, like, something for the radio show or some little something that I've sung. Sometimes the first thing he does because he's, this is his personality is criticize it. And that really bothers me. And I shut down and I'm like, all right, I never will play something for you again because I know that I, for me, this does not work for me. I need to have someone hear it and say, Oh, that's cool. Criticize it after that. It's like, yeah, you know, um, I noticed that this happened. Maybe it should be like this. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, but if you instantly start with like, mm, what is this? Well, that feels I- more dismissive. Whereas if the person is supportive, 
And and again, nothing. I'm not trying to say anything negative. Yeah. Um, he sees it as supportive. He's like, I'm just trying to be helpful. You're playing it for me because you want to know if it's good. And I'm telling you it, maybe a part of it is good, but you're not telling me that first. And I need to know that you, I need you, I need to be considered. I need you to listen to, or like come to me and understand <laughs> where I am so that then you can tell me something. And then, I really think it's only because that's what I do. When I deal with other people, I try and think about like where they are. Sometimes Eric is in a mood where he can be played with and you can have fun. And there are other times when he is not in that mood and don't poke the bear. I am good at attuning to people's sort of emotional states and knowing when to do certain things with them and other people are not. And I think Travis sometimes is not. And so sometimes he comes to me and he, he I feel like he should know that I'm vulnerable showing him something that I have made, I've created and that it's special to me. And then when he tells me that something is bad about it, then I'm rejected and dejected. Is that the right word? And also like, and then I shut down. But the way that I'm dumb is that I'll be like, I'm never, sh I'm never playing something for him again because I know that this happens. And then what do I do the next time? All I want to do is show it to him. Travis, listen, listen. And then he criticizes it. I'm like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> Has he altered the behavior? Yes. The last thing I played for him, he's like, that's cool. <laughs> like, and then waited yeah. 30 minutes, then came back and said, if hey, I thought about it. I would have been all ears. That's the thing. You need to know the key. I need you. No, I need you to have the key. I want, I'll make the key for you. That's the thing. Okay. Listen, I am a lock. I'm a complicated lock, but I will make you a key and I'll give it to you. And I need you to use that same key. Don't come to me in my lock with the wrong key or I'm going to shut down Fort Knox. <laughs> I'm thinking of one of those, uh, it was like a drawer that you had to remember those. There was like a box and then there was a drawer in there. You could put a valuable valuable in, but then you had to slide one side of the box and press a button. On oh, the button. yeah. It was just uh -huh. this complicated system to get the thing. Yes. Open. I'll give you the code. <laughs> I'll give you a cheat sheet. You can keep it. You don't have to memorize it. I'll give you the code. Instead Straight of just up. taking a crowbar to it and prying yes! it open. Don't do that. I want what's inside and I don't want to play this game. <laughs> Thing. Break it with a sledgehammer. I feel like I'm pretty good at knowing what I need from you and telling you what I need. But then when you don't give it to me, that's when I get sad. Yeah, I'm thinking of, so these are, not that they're not big things, but they're instances in mm -hmm. micro level stuff, smaller level stuff, daily yeah. existence things. And I feel very out of touch with this, with me. With the little things. Because I just don't. There was a time I, I had a, a sty on my eye. <laughs> and Christina brought me this cream for it. I got so. This happened with Jessica too. She, she bought me this watch for Valentine's Day. And instead of being grateful for it, I, I was annoyed and somewhat angry. And not a, showing any appreciation towards the person. And that came out of this idea that's like, why would you do this thing for me? This nice thing. It's like, I don't need things. And, and now I feel like I haven't done anything nice for you. And like this stupid Ooh. misplaced guilt comes in. It's like, you got me this thing and I didn't do anything to deserve it or just a nice thing the person's doing. But you're mad at them for it? There was like some misplaced. It's, it was fueled out of guilt. It made me feel bad ultimately. 
And that goes back to everything I was saying where I'm not asking. What makes you feel good? What does someone do for you that makes you feel good? Well, I'm learning to accept the fact that people can be nice and it doesn't, it shouldn't, you know, you get these feelings that I do think are misplaced and they're very self-absorbed and, you know, it's it's all about me at that point, which is not, in in an extent it is, but because the person's given me a gift, if that makes sense. So it is about me. But then I take that and I run with it. And this, these emotions that I'm putting onto this other person are still all about me. It's like, you gave me this. And that made me feel bad because I'm not feeling like I'm delivering the things you need or doing nice things for you. And now I just feel guilty. How dare you make me feel that? That's not the other person's fault. So yeah. that's stuff that I've moved past. And, you know, I, that's part of the process. Um, but, yeah, I guess I just need to become a little more in tune with daily life things um and seeing them in the moment though i mean there's there's always crap now it just now it does feel whiny to an extent but it's it's like uh, you took a shower and i need you to hang that wet towel up please i don't like wet towels just being thrown on the ground yet the towel is still thrown on the ground sometimes and then, <gasps> ah, ah. <laughs> why I no, those for, are just roommate things. Like I, I asked for one small thing. You couldn't even deliver on it. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Those things hold a lot more weight when there are other needs that are not being like tended to. I think that though I am a really good friend. And you I are think a really I, good and, friend. And I've been a manager and I think I, I'm good at managing because there's a level of empathy where I'm thinking of the other person's needs in those mm-hmm. situations. It's because they're not constantly present. I don't know how to, the idea of a romantic relationship, a committed relationship, everlasting, whatever the hell it's going to be. It's like, that's constant. It's like, who can do that constantly? And until I can come to terms with the idea that no one can really do it constantly and that's okay. I don't need to feel bad if I can't always deliver for the other person. But as long as I listen to them and acknowledge it and take it into account and do my best, that hopefully the other person sees that and understands in the same way that I understand it. And then everything can be okay. But it just seems like there's this constant need to deliver for the other person. And that's what I you know when I am a manager and I hire people, a lot of freelancers because I did video production work. You know, I ask them things specifically that they need for me. If they have everything they need, if there are things they're not getting, I take into account that they're a person and not just some cog in a machine. And yes, you're hired to do a job and I need you to do that job. But if there are things I can do that would help you do that job better, I am happy to address that. Things that will put you in a better mindset. I'm all about that. Um you know, there are some people who treat it as if you're paid to do this job, come in, you don't like it, you can leave. And again, I, I buy into that to uh, an extent, but it doesn't need to be completely um, a complete dismissal of the other right. person. So in those situations, yeah. I, and if someone asked me as a manager for something, I would never hold it against them. I think there's a fear in the workplace, though, that if you ask for something that and there probably are some bosses out there who, who would hold it against you. And that's shit. Yeah, that's not something that should exist because you're not going to get good work out of a person if you don't express care for them. So why aren't you able to do that interpersonally? I mean, I can't. Why were you talking about? I mean, with in a relationship, why can't it 
Why doesn't that translate, I wonder? Because it's constant. I, it, but it's it, not constant. It You're does, not constantly it, together. No, and that's the way I've tried to make it not constant, is to not live with a person or be around them. But in a weird way, I think if I ever made that plunge, it may ease up all this tension and hmm. pressure. Because now it's just I see you a few times a week, and now it needs to be the certain way because the time right. is, you know, rare. Right. But the other idea is very, very scary to just take the plunge and live with someone and say, all right, let's try to do this thing. I mean, it is hard. I mean, there, but you, you have to be willing to do things you don't want to do because it's important to the other person. Yeah. I mean, they have their needs and that is part of your I don't want to call it duty because I don't want to diminish no, it that much, but you want to do it. You don't really want to do it, but you well, want maybe to you do don't it always want to do it. Right. But it should be sometimes you, you need to do it yeah, because the other person well needs you to do it. Yeah. I just want to have a very logical understanding. That's what I need. I, I, I don't but you're mind trying to talk. You're, something's not like emotions and things aren't logical sometimes. No. And I understand that. I, uh, I, I, I'm fully aware of that, and I don't dismiss emotions. Someone's no. feeling something, and it goes against what logic says, says it should be. I don't hold that against a person by any means. Because no, I don't think that anyone's wrong for feeling anything, because it's built in to us as humans to feel. And something has triggered that feeling. So I'm not, you know, what is it that I did? What is it that you need and you're not getting uh, that is making you feel that way? I will explore that. So is that how a relationship continues with you? Is that things are weird, things aren't being said, nobody knows who needs what, but then something happens that has to be addressed, like someone buys you a watch and you get weird about it. <laughs> like, and then is that when feelings come and then you guys can explore that because you're comfortable with that? No, not always. I've gotten better with talking about things before it gets to that point where something oh, blows up and then it's like, all right, it's all out there. Now let's talk. Yeah. That used to be my way of doing it but uh no i think i've gotten better it's still it's really just me not knowing what i want right or need and being able to express that yeah because it still exists around these notions of modesty and independence it's like those are the things i need and those are passive things <laughs> at least when it comes to you and I'm going right. to get them because the things I need are passive. If a person needs to go out more and have more excitement in their life and I need to not do that, which one wins? The one that requires nothing. The one that requires, all right, we're not going to do anything because you right. can't force me to go somewhere. So, you know, these aren't real needs. These aren't the things that I want ultimately. No. They're the things that I think I need to, to get to this image this idealized image that i have of the kind of person i am but it's all false yeah can you drop those it's can you hard. start doing things that are not modest and see how it feels like buy yourself something for the house or i can try to do that just like as an experiment to see what it feels like if it doesn't feel so bad then maybe living maybe i don't know it's like a little test or step i mean ultimately what i need is to feel good about myself and then i feel like i can be something for that's sad i wish someone you, else I, wish, I don't want you to not feel good about yourself i'm getting much look it, it's 
this I hope this doesn't sound whiny. It is what it is, and I've never sat there. Oh me, I just don't <laughs> feel good about myself because of modesty. Yeah, modesty, like just creative. maybe you should let yourself feel sad. No, this about is yourself. this is ultimately poison because what I want to do is like personally, even personal needs I neglect. Right. Uh, just relationship with myself. I want to create things. I want to do creative things, but I have encountered all these people who also do creative things, and they're always. You know, tooting their own horn about how amazing they are and it's just I get it they're playing themselves up to overcompensate or to compensate for some or maybe they really are great at what they're doing and it's gone to their head but it's it's like I don't want to be that person I'm a modest right. person I would never do that so then I just shut down this part of me that actually needs to go create things yeah like it makes me the- feel much better about my existence those things can be both things can be true you can do something like those other people, but not be a hack or a sh- like to just because they're shilling something that you're also shilling, you know? But at the same time, when I have created things in the past and people approach me about it and tell me they like it, I think I come off as an asshole because um, I, I don't, don't tell me that. It's like, I, I don't. It's a gift. This is what I remember growing up feeling like I'm not allowed to accept compliments because then it feels like braggy. You're like, oh, thank you. I am great. You know, I never liked that. But then someone described it as a gift. If someone was giving you the gift of saying something nice to you, you wouldn't say, well, and this goes back to your watch. I <laughs> yeah, I would say that. <laughs> How dare you say something like that to me? <laughs> yeah. It's not about me. It's about what I made. And don't talk to me. Yeah. You're, you're assuming in this moment that I'm like this other person who would love to take your compliment and who would love to run with it and would love to feed it to their ego. That's not me. Get out of here. I've gotten much better about that. It's like, thank yeah. you. I can, I can certainly, I can take a compliment better. I mean, I think that you are like an artist in the way that you are a little odd sometimes, which I love. I don't mean that in a bad way as in like weird, but like you're kind of weird sometimes. And I love that. It's like kids in the hall is weird. And I love kids in the hall. And I think that with that, type of personality also comes some idiosyncrasy idiosyncrasies yes um that maybe buck against sort of societal norms and i'm not saying like you want to live in a yurt in the park but i'm saying (laughs) there there might be things about your personality and your brain that do require someone who is like on the same page with you if that is not something that you're interested, like if you if you in your heart really do not want to live with anyone or be emotionally sort of raw and open with that person, because, I, you know, I feel like that's a problem because I was going to say, like, maybe it's OK, but I feel like you can't be like that with yourself because you like to feel like you don't have those emotions. That's the first thing I have to come to terms with. Right. And I've, I've realized that I do need other people and want other people around more so than I have in the past. It's a slow But process. only on, I, w- I wasn't going to say like your terms, but within your own parameters. I can compromise. Because when a girlfriend starts asking something of you that is seemingly simple, it upsets you. And it like, upsets me because I don't feel like I could ultimately deliver on it and I would just let the person down. It's like, I'll try. I'll try that, but I, I don't know. And then that, you know, because I feel like I'm going to let them down. That's the recoiling action. 
when they ask, it just jumps straight to that. And I, 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 sure. But then I secretly, why are you asking me this? You've just rocked the boat. Why right, did you, why right. Why did you rock the boat? Things were fine. We're, we were sailing smoothly. Yeah. I think that ultimately, I, like, there's this idea I have. It's like, I could be a very good partner and I could even be a good parent. I think I could raise very good, empathetic children. Mm-hmm. But what a commitment. <laughs> oh, my God. Kids need everything yeah you're sacrificing your own needs (sighs) everything (laughs) how does that work it's so hard i mean it's it's a choice you make it's a choice you make when you have kids i've always viewed it this way it's like all right well that's what's most important now and i am going to have to forego quite a few of my needs yeah i've gotten really resentful just these like glimpses of resentfulness with the kid well ellie especially she asks a lot from you and so I have to, I don't love how sometimes I do things where, you know, like I, she's, she's asking and asking and asking and asking, pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm calm for a long time. I'm like, no, because this and no, because that. And I'm explaining and I'm trying to think about how her needs. And then all of a sudden I just snap and I'm like, if you ask me again, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like I start barking at her a little bit and she's like okay you know <laughs> or she's like mom you sounded mean you know i'm like fuck oh, sorry <laughs> but i also want to be like sorry but you are pissing me off <laughs> i can't you have to be like and the problem is is that for me i'm i don't like that like bottling it up feeling and so with kids though sometimes you do have to like I have to I have to take this feeling out of my body and put it somewhere else right now or else I will kill her. <laughs> Not really. But you know what I mean? Like it feels like I will freak out. And there have been times, especially before I was on medicine, that like I understand why people who grew up being hit definitely hit their kids like if they if they grew up saying like my dad abused me i will never do that to my kids but your kids push you to your like base level and i don't i never was hit as a kid but i definitely understood like just to give ellie a big smack on the face to like snap her out of it you know would be great except the millisecond afterwards which it would be horrible and i would feel horrible and everything would fall apart but certainly that's that is you know not the way to go about it. No, uh, I think there. Were, I never would ever do that. I think but. there were two. There are two types. There's the dis- disciplinary spanking, which mm-hmm. I think has been disproven as being an effective means of teaching your child certain behaviors. But there's mm-hmm. the reactionary one, which sounds more like hey, you do get pushed to your limits. Yes, and, and they do it too. And it's you crazy. and you need to, you know, find outlets for those feelings. And you shouldn't feel bad. If you hit your kid, you should feel bad. Yeah. Don't go there. But, you know, if you if you snap for a second, I think that's okay. I, I, and I do apologize. If I know, if I feel bad and I know I've done it out of, because I'm out of control, I'll tell her, like, I'm sorry. You know, I got upset because I was feeling frustrated because of this. And then because of she's you like, okay, but can being. I have a Pop-Tart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, fucking no, you can't. She'll get there at some point where you can have these discussions with her and they'll mean a little bit more. Yeah. Then, yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I told you before, kids push the limits too. Like, how far yeah. can I go? How far can I go? And gets to the point where you kind of snap and 
not yell at her, but you know, if, yeah, I yell at her a little bit. Yeah. So then the kid says, "Oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Why is yeah. she angry with me?" And then you come back and you express that anger is no longer there, and that's all they really care about. Like, all right, I feel better. <laughs> Pop to her. A lot of times when she. When she's like whining and stuff, I have a lot more trouble um, connecting with her when she's whining. But if she's like, well, tra- <laughs> if Travis, sometimes he is just like hard line about things and it will push her to cry a lot more quickly than with me. And when she's crying, she comes to me and I'm just there for her. Like, I, t- I don't tell her that she's right or daddy was mean or anything like that, but I just hold her and like, let her tell me whatever she wants to tell me. And I feel like that's when I'm, that's when I'm at my best with her besides like making her laugh or making Pete laugh or like jo- being funny with them um, and being silly. And then also being like emotionally there for them. I think that that's what I'm good at. Which is important. Yes. But what about you? And in those moments, well, the kids don't feel fulfill any of my needs. No, I know <laughs> but you can't expect them to. No, but that's sometimes when you're in a, dark place you're like how dare you not whatever not understand that i've had a bad day so what do you do at that point how do you that's the thing that's the that's the hardest part of being a parent i think is like they don't give a fuck if you've been like up all night and they've decided to be little shits during the day even though you're exhausted or like oh especially as a mom i know that they're whatever usually the mom is like the lead in in the family like between the kids and the dad so if you're a sick if you're sick and you're a mom too bad you ain't laying in bed all day the dad is sick the dad's in bed all day no problem dad's gone don't bother dad if the mom is sick it's like where's mom mom come downstairs like you can lay on the couch like no i don't know where does that dynamic come from i think the mom is the mother and you like come from them and they're you breastfeed them and there's i mean all kinds yeah, of there's like breastfeeding there's that connection once they're alive and and conscious and aware i mean obviously i i, I don't know maybe there's some some subconscious thing i came it's, from, i think it's a primate thing probably I right came from my mother's body yes i, I, I guess it's some biological from. something that keeps you sort of more connected you know, but not to say like Travis is a, is a great partner to have with kids. He's like with them. He want you know, he doesn't come home and he's like, I don't want to have to deal with the kids because I've been working all that. It's nothing like that. Like he jumps in. And if I tell him like, I need something from him, especially about the kids, like he really does it. He really cares about like, not he's, he cares about fulfilling their needs. Um, it was and like that for quite a while, huh? What's that? The dad comes home. His yeah. needs are important. Well, yeah. I need ever... the food. I need to be left alone. I need to go to sleep. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to have to deal with the... Like, there were all those, like, good housekeeping things about, you know, clean up the children before the dad comes home so that, you know, if you've been wearing your hair up all day, like, put it down and look nice for when he comes home. I've because never... he doesn't want to come home to, like, a schlubby wife and messy kids. I've never liked that dynamic. And even though we've moved away from it, I've never liked it. And I think that is a uh, another tough thing for me to come to terms with is not that it needs to exist like that, but an overcompensation to prove that I would be yeah. nothing like that and just going to the other extreme. So I would tell you I have no needs and I would <laughs> like you to tell me what your needs are 
and I can just take care of those and not address my needs, but it doesn't work like that. No. I am a machine. <laughs> I wish I were a machine. I do not need food or air. Is that why you don't eat? Maybe. I. I <laughs> You're like, I don't even need to eat. Yeah, that could be part of the reason. You need to start doing these like tiny little steps. <laughs> Eating. Eating when you're like having meals a day. I've seen you eat. You make dinners for yourself. Yeah, I eat once a day usually. A late night meal at 10 o'clock. I'm hungry all the time. How do you do that? Because there's a suppression of the most basic of needs. I thought about when you, when we were together in New York last time, I was thinking about how like you don't consider your needs in that way where you like, if you're hungry, like you don't eat, you don't think about food. I was like, I'll be like, Greg, I'm not going (laughs) to Like, that does not work. My stomach is like, fuck you. If my stomach mean? said, fuck you, I would eat. I think I've trained it. To the You're point. disconnected from your body. That was the ultimate goal for a while. Now I'm trying to reconnect to my yeah. body. You need to go. Oh, my God. You need to go to some like, like molested group, sexual molestation group where like these women are disconnected from their bodies and they work on like reconnecting themselves. That's real trauma. I wouldn't like going there. Why are you here? I think I kind of feel like you feel, but you've (laughs) actually gone through some real awful stuff. And I'm just going to sit and I would never, I know, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know, I think coming to terms. What? So this is in conflict when I think about like, okay, I, I, I can conceptualize all the things you've said so far, except when it comes to like sex. You have a sexual drive. You have a girlfriend. You're not, I mean, I'm sure you masturbate. Like those are things. Like how does that, how does that come into play with all of the things you've said about how you don't think about your person, like modest, what all those needs? Uh, it's tough sometimes because if I th- overthink it, in the moment and realize I'm just some stupid animal <laughs> really getting it. It can throw the whole thing off. You just have to learn to. It, it's really, Pornhub's like, where are you going? Well, that's not the, that's not the correct approach is because yeah, I am some stupid animal and I can't escape that. So it's more to about coming to terms with that. And that's, that's the road that I'm on. Like, Look, you're a stupid overgrown ape. It doesn't have to be that negative. It is. You just feel like I'm a person who's sexual. It doesn't have to be like, oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I think I'm special, but I'm not special just because I'm able to think and do tasks and ride a you bicycle. You are special, though. Ride a bicycle. You are special. <laughs> think of a baboon on a bicycle and how we'd all laugh at it. Like, look at that thing. Look at that thing go. <laughs> wow, look at it. It's just so funny. But then it's we're, that's uh, there's no different than us riding a bicycle. We're just an overgrown baboon who's able to speak except a baboon doesn't come to you and say you know i'm gonna make this thing called the future plex yeah and they're just so wrapped up in their animal needs that uh, there are people like that right there are people who are more like ape than human right that are just like i want to fight and i want to fuck and i want to eat i want to lift weights and grunt that's different you are not that but Two things can exist at the same time. You can be sexual like that person. You can want to eat like that person, but you're not, you know, an idiot. I think it all still just ties back to this fear of death. If I weren't an animal, I wouldn't die. And 
Therefore, not being an animal is the only way I can reconcile that. If I were a machine, maybe I would be in disrepair at some point, but I wouldn't care. <laughs> That's my plan. That's my... Become so much a machine that you don't even care that you're a machine. I mean, machines really, they would just be very logical about it. I am a machine. I am what I am. This may go away someday. That's just something that will happen. <laughs> uh, I, I'm highly emotional, Autumn. I'm a very sensitive person. And all of this was just a creation to offset that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much for me to handle. Why am I feeling so much? I shouldn't be feeling so much. No one ever told me that. I'm bothering people that I'm feeling this much. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from. Just yeah. self-imposed. Anyway, maybe I'll get there one day. With all this complaining and talking I did about Travis, he should have his say on what I do. for like, What kind of needs he has that I don't fulfill. Yeah. Or that I, maybe I do fulfill. We can have a special one-off episode if you pay us $50. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you that. <laughs> I, never I think that. there are things like um, I made him do, like communicate. Like um, there's sort of a thing in his family where they don't, well, I think I'm the outlier. They're probably just normal. Um, they don't do a lot of communicating. And there's a lot of times where he doesn't want to tell me that he's feeling a certain way. And like, because I was trained as a kid to like be very sensitive to people's moods. Um, I can tell that something's up. And then when I am asking him about it, he gets sometimes, I think this is early on, he would get annoyed with me asking because he didn't want to talk about it because then it made it real, like whatever he was feeling or thinking. And so I sort of like trained him that I will not leave you alone unless we work this out or now. <laughs> Because I cannot continue with our normal lives knowing that something's bothering you. Like I can't because I take it on. Like I take on those emotions. And then the back, the, 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 I think I've talked about this with you too, that like the flip side of that is if you're feeling some certain way and I'm in the wrong mood and take that feeling on, I'm mad at you for feeling that way now because like you're making me feel shitty because you feel shitty. And like, I can't feel happy while you're feeling shitty and I'm annoyed that you're making me feel that way, but you're not. I'm making myself feel that way for you for some reason. Except you're able to escape that that webbing of overthoughtness, <laughs> overthinking. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm in it, and I'm like, I can't get out of this. I know it's probably. I know it's not real, but I still feel it. I'm still annoyed. And so what that means is that sometimes Travis can't be in a bad mood. Or else I get mad that he's in a bad mood because it makes me feel bad for being in a good mood. Which then maybe would make him feel bad for being in a bad mood. So anytime he's in a bad mood, he'd feel guilty. Right. And then he'd shut down and push you yep. away. Yes. Well, even this morning, there was a thing where he's he had to give this talk today and he, and he was nervous about it. And he was, what did I, I asked him, I was like, oh, so are you coming home tonight? Because I thought he was staying late to meet with people and whatever. And he was like, no, I'm coming home. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, That's you know? And so like, I, at first I was like, fuck you. Like, I don't care what you're doing anymore. And then I came downstairs and talked to him. I was like, Hey, 
are you, I didn't like that. <laughs> like, what was that? You know, and he explained, he was able to explain that he was nervous and he was, you know, in his own head. And then I'm asking him something and he took it the wrong, whatever. But that's an example of me being like, I am not just going to let this go. You know, like this weird interaction that we had is not something that I'm just going to be like, well, that was weird. And I said, fuck you in my head. And you, you, you spoke this certain way to me and I didn't like it, but I'm just gonna be like, fuck you. Not to him, but just like to myself about him. I was not going to let that go. Like that is something I need that. I need someone who will communicate with me and is open to hearing about how I feel about something. And I want it. I want them to know that I want to know how you're feeling about something. I know that about you because when we were trying to start this podcast, <laughs> we were supposed to record and I just kept avoiding it. Yeah. And we were both and in I, Atlanta. That was a moment where I was like, well, fine, fuck that. I guess, you know. We worked through that well. We did. Yeah, see, it's yeah. in me. I can handle that. That was great because you were open to, you You were open to under, uh, uh, listening and hearing me about how I felt. I'm always open to that. Right. In any relationship. It's just That's that. That's what if, I need. If in friendship, kept... any type of relationship. It's just that if we were in a, a committed relationship and you asked me for those things and then I kept letting you down with those things and I would start to feel bad mm. and I would have to push you away. I was like, she wants this and I'm listening to this because I take it seriously and wow, I can't deliver on this. Yeah. So get out of here, loser. Speaking to myself. <laughs> just go high. All right, well, take your you know healthy relationship and enjoy your life. That's uh, that's this week's episode of One Topic. We're on iTunes and other things. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds us. so sad. I, I hate this part of it. This is the okay. part that's shameless. We're yeah. on iTunes. Rate and review us. Pretend you're Jared. I, how do, I don't know how he does it. How does Jared do it? He just well, put, just like, well. <laughs> just puts a smile on his face. You have it. This part. You do this part. Thank you, everybody, for listening to One Topic. Um, we really appreciate you. I hope you guys liked it. <laughs> wow. Don't. What? I said, wow. Yeah, that's a way to sell it. Hope you liked All it. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't um, set people up with that. Don't give them the option of saying no. up. <laughs> How is it supposed to end? Whatever the the common thing about find us here and that and you all right rated find a us YouTube everywhere you can, and... you can find podcasts we're found everywhere at one topic uh, find us on Facebook you can find us there sometimes we post fun things that have to do with the show um, uh, like uh, rate and review us subscribe on iTunes and I also started a Twitter account for us I think it's one pod. No, one topic pot. I don't know what it is. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. One topic two. It's called the username is one topic two, like Who, the number two. Who's one topic? What do they post? Obviously, you couldn't just get one topic. I guess I couldn't get whatever. Just search for one topic on Twitter. You'll probably find us. I also started a YouTube page. I yeah. put up a video. You've got this fantasy of us creating a lot of video content. I don't I just thought, why don't we should be on all the things? So let's try and be on the things. So I, I made things. All right. We'll be on the things. We're on the things. Find That's us right. on the things. And uh, if you want some great hot sauce, you can go to hoffandpepper.com. Use our code one topic 15. I can't do this with you mocking it. I'm not mocking <laughs> it. There is just so much. 
Ah, there's the hot sauce. I forgot about the hot sauce plug. Yeah. It's delicious hot sauce. It is delicious. That's we're going to th- we're gonna give some away. Are we? Yep. We're gonna, we have a giveaway coming up. So stay tuned for the giveaway. Keep listening to win some yeah. hot sauce. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of One Chopping. One Chopping.